God alone. There is no God beside you. For Lord, when there was nothing, absolutely nothing, you were. You're the God who was and is and is to come. And we thank you, Lord, that you revealed yourself to us. Thank you, Lord, through your word and through your son. And we thank you, Lord, that today we can come to your word, Father. For Lord, it is your word that we hold on to dearly today, Father. For we know, Lord, there's much in this world and among the churches, of Father, that, that is false doctrines that are being taught, O God, that lead the people astray. But we thank you today, Father, that we can come, Lord, to your holy word, the holy scriptures, Lord, that leads us into all paths of truth and righteousness. So we give you all the honor and glory and ask you, Lord, to bless every word that will come forth, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The passages of scripture that I will share with you will have a specific Words that I will stress on, I believe every word of God is, is precious, every word is important and God's word is timely. But the title for this sermon is, You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Amen. Unless you know the truth, you cannot be set free. And God's truth is found in his word. It is his written word that is the truth. This is the benchmark for us to follow. We cannot deviate from the truth. And this is what the Lord laid upon my heart to share with you this morning. If you go to John chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32, you will find these profound words that Jesus spoke unto those Jews. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So profound that Jesus says, if you continue in my word, he says, you are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And as you go down a little bit further, the next verse, 33 to 36, those, those three verses, this is what the Jews answered. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committed sin is a servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Hallelujah. Has the Son made you free this morning? Have you been set free by Jesus? And we heard at the communion table, that's what happened when you went to the cross, when Jesus set you free. But there's one thing he said when he said, even the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, he set her free. Yes, he set her free. But he said, go and sin no more. He said, go and and sin no more. He does not leave you in your state and your condition, but actually you get transformed. And that's what we heard about holiness. Holiness comes, is, it is actually imputed to us by God. It is imputed to us by God. But we have his holy word, the holy scriptures that lead us into all truth so that we will not go astray. So in John 8.37, the same uh, chapter, and further down, these are the words that Jesus spoke to the Jews in verse 37. He says, I know you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. And the reason is, 
because my word has no place in you. Can we see the importance that Jesus is giving to his word? Many can claim Jesus but not follow his word. Is that right? Yes. So we see much of that happening today. And Jesus tells them very clearly, you seek to kill me, he says, because my word has no place in you. And when I read this, it challenged my heart. And I, there's actually tears to think. There are many churches that today, they actually seek to kill Jesus. That's what they are doing. They will put him back on that cross. They will do that because his word will convict you. And his word is like a sword. It separates you. It's a word that sets you apart. And when you begin to, to stand for that word, you will be persecuted. So if you look at the, the, the title, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. If you just take that word, the truth, there's an eternal separation between truth and lies. Very easily discernible between truth and lies. And between truth and fact. Facts are things that keep changing constantly, but truth never changes. Truth is a constant. It stands alone. You cannot add to truth. You cannot remove from truth. And if you look at truth, truth will always be persecuted. When you stand for the truth, and when you preach the truth, you will be persecuted. Remember, that's what Jesus said. Just, they hate you because they hate me. Because when you preach his word and his truth, no one is going to like it. And this is what I'm going to share with you this morning. The truth will, will in a way, like a sword, open up those wounds, but it will also heal you. Lies will bring people together, but in the end, it will destroy you. You rather stand with Jesus and his word and let the world judge you. Or you can stand together with the world and let Jesus judge you on that final day. And that would be a terrible day. Facts, as we heard, are not constant. And they are constantly changing. It's progressing. That is why I don't look at science. Science is constantly progressing. Today they tell you this, tomorrow they will change it. You cannot rely on fact. But you've got to rely on truth. Anything that is outside of truth is actually poison. It's poison. It's poison to your soul. So when you're going to stray away from the word of God or consider that this word is not everything to you and begin to follow things that you think are right, we'll come to that, that is poison. It is serious stuff. In John 17, 7, Jesus says, Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. He says, sanctify them by thy word. The word sanctify is set apart. It's also to keep you separate, uncontaminated. And that is how we ought to live our lives. We live by the word of God. When Jesus stood before Pilate and declared in John, is it 8.37? No, it's not John 8.37. I can't get the scripture right here. But when Jesus stood before Pilate, and declared that he had come into the world to bear witness unto the truth. He also said, Jesus declared this, that everyone that is of the truth will hear his words. Those who are not of the truth will not hear Jesus. They do not want to hear him. Pilate was astonished 
He had no idea what Jesus declared because he did not know anything about the truth. And this is what he said. He looks up to Jesus, onto Jesus and says, What is truth? What is truth? How many today are standing up and asking that question, What is truth? Because absolutely anything goes with the world. And that is the world. But what about the church? If the church begins to say this, there's a serious problem with the church. The church is ident identifying itself with Pilate and questioning Jesus and saying, what is truth? There are many churches, so-called Christian faiths, they are actually suffering from truth decay. Because they are not applying the word of God. The word of God does not hold any place in their life. It is not their absolute authority. The word of God is not the first place in their life. They have other things that are added, but in fact more than added, we see they hold their traditions higher than the word of God. Have you come across such churches? There are large congregations in such churches. They hold the tradition of the church and they exalt it above the word of God. In other words, they are asking Jesus, what is truth? It's what we preach is truth. It's what we do is truth. Our traditions are about your word. And these are the traditions that actually came, a vast majority of them that came from a pagan Babylonian system. Babylon began a long time ago. We look at that. A religious system that began from the time of Nimrod. It began when the Tower of Babel was being built. And this was actually Satan's first attempt to create the one world system, the one world order. He tried from then, but he could not. But however, there's a time. There's a time for all these things to happen. And we're going to see what is happening currently in this world today. It is a system of the Antichrist. It is a system that's in rebellion to God. Nimrod was in rebellion to God. Anything that's in rebellion to God is from the devil. Anything that is contrary to the word of God and in rebellion to his word is from Satan. No matter how good it looks, you can take it, you can Christianize it and bring it into the church. But it's still not from the word of God. It might look so good. It might look so Christian to you. But it is not from the word of God. Because this is the truth that Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to be set free. And the only way to be set free is to continue in the word of God. You don't claim Jesus and say, Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross for me, but now you've given me grace, and so you know what? I can live my life as I please. I can do as, my, as I please, because all my sins have been covered under the blood. So now I have liberty to go and do whatever I want to do and to feed my flesh. That is the dangerous gospel of hyper-grace. It does not exist. Grace is the power of the Spirit of God. It's called the Spirit of Grace. He is the one who works in you. He is the one who leads you. He is the one who empowers you. We heard that is the dunamis power of God working in you. And it's through his power you're able to live that life pleasing God according to his word. Rightly as we sang this morning, 
Do you want to please the Father? Do you want to please the Son? Then obey His word. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. This whole book are His commandments. What was sin in the Old Testament is sin in the New Testament. What God called out sin then is sin today. But people are saying it's no longer sin because it's all been done away with at the cross. God has never changed because his word has never changed. He has exalted his word above all things. That is above his name. There is much that we read and learn from the word of God about this religious system of Babylon. If you go and you read it and look through the scriptures, you will find how God hates this. He hates it because he dealt with it in the courts of heaven. He dealt with its leader in heaven and he cast him out. That is Satan himself. So when it comes into the church, it comes right out of the pits of hell. This is all Satan seeks. When he cannot get you directly, he uses indirect methods. We are not ignorant of his cunning devices. As you keep reading the God's word, you will know what are his cunning de devices. This pagan religious system is called out by God. In Revelation chapter 17, if you go and read 17, you will find what Jesus says about this. He calls it as mystery Babylon. The great Babylon the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. That's how serious this Babylonian religious system is. And if you look at that system, you will find the different kinds of practices that are in that system. Hanging religious things around your neck, beads in your hand, prayers being offered to dead people, prayers being offered to those who are dead, and so on and so forth. And that has been brought into churches and it has been accepted as the truth and if you bring out the word of God they will reject it and say no this is the truth God's word is not the truth this is not the ultimate truth this is not the absolute truth and that is what I was sharing this morning they identify themselves with Pilate and say what is truth what is truth but Jesus is actually standing outside many churches and he's knocking at the door and he wants to come in. This system is represented by a woman sitting upon a scarlet colored beast. If you go and listen to a woman rides a beast, you will hear much of this. That will shake you up and bring you back to the word of God. Whatever happens in your life, if you don't come back to the truth, then you are leading away from the truth. And that is a dangerous place to be in when you stray away from the truth. This pagan system practices what is called spiritual fornication. Spiritual fornication is bringing in pagan practices and trying to Christianize it. And those are really hated by God. Can you imagine how God looks at those people? If you look in the book of Romans chapter 2 and verse 8, let's read that. Romans 2 and verse 8. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, 
but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath. God is going to bring upon them his anger and his wrath because they have rejected the truth. And whoever rejects the truth and whoever is not on the side of the truth, the anger of God rests upon them. God's indignation and wrath. And that will be finally judged in that book of Revelation the time that we are almost living in now. We have come to a period in time where we can see the book of Revelation coming to pass. We can see what Jesus said that he is at the door. He said 2,000 years ago, the kingdom of God is at hand. Today we are here right on that doorstep. And we can become very complacent in our lives because we are not paying attention to what the word of God says. Jesus could be standing right in front of us and right in front of many people, and they still cannot recognize him. To regard his word in the highest authority is to follow Jesus Christ. If you hold that word in your heart at the highest place, then you are his disciple. You can't be less than that. If you want to enter into the kingdom, we become a disciple. We don't give ourselves a label, but I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And so the first people were really called the way because they followed the way. And then they were called Christians. There's no other name that was really given to them. We are Christians because we really follow Jesus Christ. In the book of Romans chapter 1, it says that they hold the truth in unrighteousness they became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man. That's the first step of falling. You're going away from his commandments. You're making an image. You're making God likened unto a man. And when you do that, you even become worse. Your mind has become so dark, you can also begin to make images of birds, four-footed beast, and then creeping things. And they'll creep into the church. Creeping things, you can't stop them. They can creep into the church. Yes? You've got to be very careful with creeping things. Remember the thing that crept in the garden. The serpent, he loves to creep in. We'll always use backdoor methods. So how vigilant we ought to be? How vigilant ought a Christian ought to be? Where do you hold the word of God in your heart? Is that the first place in your heart? As Jesus had the entire place of your heart, or do you keep some places back that you want to live by and think, oh, okay, this is all right. That could be an adulteration. That could be an adulteration. What I want to share with you this morning is knowing the truth, obeying the truth, when you know the truth and you obey the truth, that is what sets you free. Some of us are still holding on to things that are not of the truth. It is time that we repent and cast them away. And he goes on to say in the same chapter, Romans chapter 1, they changed the truth of God. What does it say? They changed the truth of God into a lie. How serious is that? Changing God's truth into a lie 
and worshipped and served the created things, the creatures and other men, human beings and four-footed things and so on and so forth, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Now how does this apply? And I thank God for what he did. He took me back to the book of Ezra. How often do we preach in the book of Ezra? How often do we go back to these prophets, to your powerful truths? What happened during the time of Ezra? We know the first temple that was built, Solomon's temple, was destroyed. And the real reason why Solomon's temple was destroyed is because of Israel's apostasy. Apostasia is the word that means to depart from the truth. When you depart from the truth, apostasy happens. That is what is apostasia. When you apostasize, Babylon comes in. A church that does not obey the truth of the word of God will have Babylon in the church. That is what it says here in the scripture. And when I began to read that, it made perfect sense. Oh Lord, this is not now, it began then. And it is continuing now. In fact, it's beginning to grow. It's beginning to become more widely accepted by people. And the, the, the closer we draw to Jesus Christ, we begin to understand that we have to walk the narrow way. When the children of Israel rejected the word of God, and his laws, Babylon came in and destroyed the first temple. Today the temple is no longer the building, but you and I are the temple. And just imagine if you defile this temple, God will destroy that temple. That's how serious God's word is. Ezra cried out to the Lord when he wanted to rebuild the temple. He wanted to rebuild and build the second temple. So before the building of the second temple, Ezra's prayer, if you go and look in Ezra chapter 9 and go to verse 14, I'm just picking that verse 14. This is what Ezra said unto the Lord. Should we again break thy commandments and join in affinity with the people of these abominations, would it be angry with us till thou hast consumed us so that there should be no remnant, no escaping. What does he say here? Should we again break the commandments and join in affinity? This is the word. With the people of these abominations. Israel departed from the Lord. They departed from his word. They married pagans. And they brought in the pagan traditions. They started worshipping of idols. They started practicing those things that God hated. And what God hates, he always hates. You cannot change it. You cannot alter it. You cannot paint it. You cannot give it a Christian name and say, no, it's all right. You can try to take things from the scripture and begin to support it. Because you want to give credit to it. And say, yes, this is a practice. We can do this. I hope you will get that message. I'm not going to point out to things, but let the Lord begin to speak to your heart. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Man cannot convince you. Man cannot convert you, but the Spirit of God can. That's his work. He regenerates you. He's the one who convicts you of sin. 
He's the one who leads you to Jesus. And from then on, you have a walk, but you walk the narrow way. So Ezra cried this unto the Lord, knowing there would not be a remnant, neither would there be any escaping. So Ezra confessed on behalf of Israel because they had disobeyed the word of God by including these pagan Babylonian practices. And so today we also ought to be in a very similar way in the sense we know that we ought to repent. If you look at 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, if my people who are called by my name, the people who are called by my name would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my faith and pray, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal the land. Because we can defile ourselves. We can begin to defile this temple by allowing things that are not of Christ. If you hold the word of God in the highest place in your heart, I tell you that Jesus is pleased with you. I can tell you that God the Father will be pleased with you. On that day, he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You serve God truly from your heart in obedience to his word. Very recently, what happened in this current age, at this current time, to know that Babylon is actually still alive. Do you know that? It's a spirit. That spirit will be dealt with, finally. That spirit has been seeking all through these ages to bring back the one world order, the one world system. But very recently, there was a major event. I can't remember the sporting event, whether it was in Britain or so on. I think it was somewhere in the UK. They reenacted what happened at Mount Sinai. They had a bull. Have you all seen that? An iron bull. The bull became bigger and stronger compared to the bull that the people of Israel made. And they said, this is the God that brought us out. That's what the people of Israel said. This is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Today, they have glorified it. They've bowed before it. They have come today to worship it. The same bull worship that was practiced then has begun today. It has come back. And then, to make things worse, few months later, religious leaders joined together. Now, this is what gets astonishing. Religious leaders joined together, if you're watching the news, and they decided to meet at COP27 and decided to bring in new laws. New laws. Have you heard that word, changing the laws? Have you found that somewhere in the word of God? One who seeks to change the laws of God? Yes, it's happening right now. They brought in new laws. And you know what did they say? We are bringing in new commandments. Have you heard that? The new commandments. The only new commandment that Jesus gave us is to love one another. And he said it's not a new commandment. It's an old commandment. But he was renewing it in our lives. He says, love is the fulfillment of the law. But these people have so departed from the truth. When you depart from the truth, this is what religion happens. The major leader of a religious group, that's a Babylonian religion, he has apostatized and he's leading the people astray. And it's culminated today 
into a place where he can go and say, you know what, all the religions together, we're going to stand together on one platform and say we worship the same God. No, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. And that's what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. If you are trying any other way, any other bypass method to get to the Father, it will never reach the Father. The Father will not hear you. You can cry from morning to night. You can beat yourself blue, but the Father cannot hear you. You can do penance as much as you want. It will never happen because Jesus is the only way. Blessed be his holy name. And this is what is happening right now. It's current today. It's, we have come to the time, brothers and sisters, where the return of Jesus is very soon. What is happening right outside there is pointing out. And Jesus said, you know how to discern the weather, but you do not know how to discern the times. And that's what happened at his first advent when he came the first time. They could not discern the times. And that was the cry of Jesus when he said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would love to gather you as a hen would gather its chicks, but you would not receive me. But another will come, another will come in his own name, and him you will receive. I have come in my father's name, but you have not received me. And then he says, you will not see me until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that is going to be Israel's final cry. When they come back to the truth, when they come back to the word of God, when the church comes back to the truth and comes back, then there's going to be a true revival. In fact, now we are looking at the harvest more than a revival. A harvest is going to happen when Jesus will take his church home. So these people have gone and they've reenacted the Ten Commandments, making a mockery, doing exactly what Moses did, but bringing in new commandments in order to save the planet. People want to save the planet. They want to save Earth because Earth is the place they live on. They got their real estate, their money and everything over here. And we want to save it because you know what? Our heart and our soul is here. But Jesus is going to come and roll it up. He's going to burn the earth. He's going to destroy it. It's going to melt and pass away. And what are you going to have? You should be more concerned about the salvation of your soul. You should be more concerned about the salvation of the souls of your loved ones. Be concerned about the salvation of your neighbor. Be concerned about the salvation of your friends you walk with. Be concerned about the salvation of the people outside and cry out to God. The church should be on its knees, calling unto God. That's the kind of life we ought to be living at this moment. We also would be rejoicing knowing this truth. Because when Ezra began to pray, what happened at the time? Two things happened. The people were rejoicing and they were so joyful at the rebuilding of the temple and knowing there was repentance. And there were ancient people there who were weeping at the same time. Both things were happening, rejoicing and weeping. The ones who were rejoicing at the joy of the building of the temple, those who were weeping were weeping because of the people and knowing how they are turned away from the Lord. That will still happen today in the church of Jesus Christ, in the church.
said Jesus as called to be his bride. This apostasy that we see is being led by the church in Rome, which follows a Babylonian practice. They have sought to change the laws of God. Daniel prophesied this in, Jan in chapter 7, verse 25. And he said, He shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And it is actually happening right before us. If our eyes are closed, we are going to miss out. We cannot have our eyes closed. We have, it says, Jesus said, watch and pray. Watch and pray. So when you observe these things and you pray, we do not fall into temptation because we have the word of God. We are careful. We've got to be children of the light walking in the word of God. All that it takes to lead to eternal damnation is to depart from the truth. Where did that start? How did it start? It started with a small deviation. That's all it takes. When you start with a small deviation, look at that line going through eternity. It goes so far away that you're so far away from the truth. And you and me can begin to question and say, what is the truth? In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, the word of God says, verses 10 and 12, or 10, 11, and 12, that the people perished because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They rejected it. They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so what happens to them? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. easy to distinguish between truth and lies. But they receive a strong delusion that they begin to believe the lie because you have rejected the truth. This is profound. This is profound. And that is what Jesus is saying. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And the word of God goes on to say in verse 12, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. They are damned. It's a damnation to your soul. The word damnation means we go into the eternal lake of fire. That is the place because that's where the Babylonian system came from. Is God tolerate that in his church? Would God tolerate that with his people? Just because it happened during the time of Ezra, it does not mean now that we are free from that. We are not free. We are not free. We ought to be careful. We ought to be cautious. We ought to remain in the word of God. When you read the book of John, 1 John chapter 1, it's profound there. It says, if you walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses you from all sin. In order for the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from sin, you must walk in the light. Is that right? Can you walk in darkness? What does it say? If you walk in darkness, you do not do the truth. When you walk in darkness, we do not do the truth and the blood 
cannot cleanse you. The blood of Jesus will not cleanse you until you reject the lie and repent and turn and come back to the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. When he returns, we, we, we preached that some time ago, in Revelation 19, his name is called the word of God. That's what he is. The word of God is a sword. It separates. It sanctifies. And Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace in the world. Very astounding word. I did not come to bring peace in this world. But what is he said? I came to bring a sword. And that sword is his word. That will set a man, a son against the father, a daughter against the mother, a daughter-in-law against a mother-in-law. Why? Because when they begin to follow Jesus, your own family will become your enemies. The first enemies become the members of your household, the closest ones to you, because you begin to follow the word of God. The word of God is the truth of God. The truth of God is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Unless you're following the truth, you're following Jesus. I want to close with this. There's a man called William Booth. I don't know how many have heard about him. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. We've heard about the Salvation Army. There's no salvation in the Salvation Army today. I'm sad to say that. They have become a charity organization more than anything else. And these words have come to pass. This is what he said. The chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost. Christianity without Christ. Forgiveness without repentance. Salvation without regeneration. And heaven without hell. And how true it is today. What a man of God. What a man of God he was. Because he knew what the word of God said. He began his foundation on the truth. But when you depart from the truth, this is what takes place. Brothers and sisters, this morning, we have the opportunity today. God has given us this opportunity. If you want to remain faithful to Jesus, you remain faithful to his word. If the spirit of God is convicting you anywhere in your life this morning, I want to ask you, as the Holy Spirit would speak to you, if you're bound by things and practices that have held you down in your Christian faith, if you're continuing practices that came from a Babylonian system, repent and turn away from it because it's time that judgment begins in the house of God. If you're bound by anything else, Jesus can set you free because he is the one who said he came to open the prison doors. To set the captives free because the spirit of the Lord is upon him and the spirit of the Lord is present today. He will continue the same work that he began until the day Jesus returns. Praise the Lord for his word. Praise the Lord for his precious Holy Spirit who works in our life. He is the spirit of grace. And if you're walking under the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe the Lord would lead you. I commit this word into his hands. May God bless your hearts this morning.